All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, the Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and I am joined by my friend and co-host, John Wade, the Garnet Texan. And John, how are you feeling this wonderful Tuesday evening? I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, you know, we got good reason to be excited. You must be feeling good. You're actually wearing a Texans hat again. Uh, so this is a, my golf hat, but yeah, I mean, I got it when I went to training camp. I, I just like the, um, it's like a, you know, just like your typical, I don't know, golf hat, whatever. I don't know how to describe it, but it's not I like mean, your typical fitted, but yeah. It's a nice hat. It's not fitted. It's got a, a stripe down the middle of it for those of you that are just listening. Yeah. But it's a Texans hat. Like you actually spent money on Texans merchandise. So you must be in a better mood. Yeah, I mean, what can you do, you know? Uh, everything going on, sure, but at the end of the day, like, I, I don't fault the organization for for some of the most things that people do. Deshaun's not playing. That's on Deshaun. He chose not to play. You know, that's – I'm not going to not support something. I also bought season tickets, so I figured if I could buy season tickets, I could buy a $35 hat. Yeah. Oh, 35 – well, yeah, I guess they are $35 now. No, fair enough. Good point. I mean – you got to be excited about season tickets, though. I'd be excited. Yeah, no, I am excited. Um, and, yeah, I mean, and that's a great segue into um, – I will not be going into the going to the preseason game on Saturday. So, for our listeners and for our Twitter followers and things of that nature, if you're looking to go to the Tampa Bay Bucks game Saturday and have a parking pass, uh, send me a DM of your um, – of your review of our podcast, whether it be on Google, um, whatever play store, Amazon podcast, audacity, um, iHeartRadio, whatever it may be, uh, Apple, wherever you listen, uh, send me a DM of your review. Uh, and I will randomly select one winner for the preseason tickets and, and parking pass. And then also regular season tickets and parking pass. Um, Again, no Jags. No, or you can't go to the first Jags game. Can't go to the Patriots game. You can't go to the Seahawks game. Everything else up for grabs. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys do that. All right, and I'm going to continue away. Um, make sure you guys follow us on all of our social media platforms um, uh, at Houston FB Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at Houston FB Pod on Instagram. You can follow me at Young Ari underscore Gold on Twitter. You can follow John at John A Wade three on Twitter. Make sure you follow the rest of the Houston, uh, the Texans Unfiltered uh, staff: uh, Patrick Storm at Patrick Storm TU and Jair at JRL TU as well. Um, and and by the way, they had a great podcast the other day. John, do you have a chance to listen? I did. They did a good job. Uh, Jair is criminally underrated like he needs more followers y'all just he knows more about like just all the stuff he keeps in his head so if you haven't listened to his and pat's pod of course everybody always listens for pat but you need to come for jair as well and follow him on twitter like seriously follow him yeah you know it's funny i i i think uh, pat is obviously amazing right right um, this isn't taking anything away from pat but no, but but I don't think people realize until you actually hear Jair talk, like his his knowledge of this team, like his this, like Jair really, you know, I used to think when we started this podcast that I knew 
more about this this team than anybody in the world. I mean, I truly thought that, you know, I ate, sleeped, breathed, whatever, you know, I, I, that's all that it consumed me. But Jair is makes me look like an average fan, to be honest with you. Um, whether it be schematically, it'd be play, you know, players and numbers, it'd be, you know, predictions of cuts, you know, trade history for Casario, uh, you know, ties back to um, <laughs> recruitment days, you know, in college from when, you know, they visited the Patriots when Nick was there. It makes a lot of sense that, um, that Nick would bring them in. I mean, just all these things that Jair is able to put together. Um, honestly, like I, I really, I really honestly don't ever, I, I like, I can't believe how good he actually is. I mean, Dude, because it's un- unfathomable really like to be that good. He is absolutely on point when it comes to predicting relationships that matter. Like he'll bring up a relationship that a coach has with a player. And the next thing you know, we've signed that player. Like, absolutely on point and he knows which ones to call out so just for that that part alone it's like he has a sixth sense for it and yeah. you know if james wouldn't yell at me for always hopping on twitter during the show i would go actually read off a couple of examples but no kidding go look at jair's go look at his uh twitter thread you can you can see where he's called the shot um and he's predicted sign-ins just based on relationships he's got a gift you yeah, know also, you know, we haven't done this since since John V has really become like the president of Houston sports. Um, you know, she departed from the Texans unfiltered team, uh, landed on, you know, much bigger uh, opportunities and, and opportunities that show a lot of promise for her. Her career is going to be something definitely worth watching. She's going to have a um, – she's going to have a huge career in sports in the sports field, doing whatever it is that she likes. But um, you know, congratulations to John V for one being a woman and, and, and being able to accomplish what she's accomplished at such an early age, her work ethic speaks for herself. And just the fact that she doesn't stop, she doesn't stop. Nothing is enough for her. And I love that about her. You know, losing her sucks because I, I obviously, you know, I, I talked to her, I brought her on, you know, I really, really saw a lot in her. And then I took my sabbatical, so I didn't really like get to actually go through what I was hoping to go through with her. But to see her glow, like she's she's on a she's on the come up hard right now. Um, so make sure you guys follow John Viet on Twitter as well and Instagram. She does her own. She has her own little platform coming as well. Um so make sure you guys go and support John V. She's, she's totally awesome. Uh, we hate that she had to go, but we're super happy to see her succeed. So we'll take it. Um, trying to think of what else, any other house cleaning things? No, not really. really I mean, everybody here knows about Texas, about Texas thoughts. Jordan, Jordan's continuing to kill it. So, yeah, I mean, Jordan is, I, look, I, he's like gonna, famous uh, now. Like he gets I'm, I'm, called out on the radio. He's called yeah. out on players. Like I'm not going to shout out Jordan because I spent a whole year and a half of <laughs> just like shouting out Jordan, how amazing he is at what he does. Um, but yeah, I mean, got a job at SI, a college kid in Canada, started a Twitter, started doing breakdowns. I pushed him to do YouTube. He took the leap of faith. He didn't. I, he was worried about being Asian and doing it. I said, "Dude, just show your face. Once you talk football, nobody will care." And that's exactly that's exactly what happened. People tune in just to hear this kid, and uh, 
he's he, I mean, Jordan's truly amazing. Um, truly amazing. So yeah. Um, and then Pat, you know, Pat's one of my closest friends. I talk to him all the time. I mean, his career, you know, Pat's kind of in my situation where he has a good career. He doesn't know where he's going to do, uh, you know, what, where is he going to go? He's young. He can figure it out. But I mean, Pat could really do whatever the hell he wants, but um, yeah, enough with uh, the, the kissing of the ring for everybody at Texans unfiltered. Um, <laughs> you guys all know who it is, so it is what it is. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, preseason game two against the Dallas Cowboys. Um, oh, I got a little kissy emoji. Did Patrick Storm? You know, usually, usually he sends me other things, but they're not emojis. They're like pictures. Yeah, we're just gonna leave. We're just gonna move on. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So the um, the Texans. No credit. Hold on. Of... Hold on. No credit. No credit. No credit. <laughs> I am not taking credit for Jordan in any way. Um, please, I hope everybody understands, and I think Jordan knows this too. Not taking credit. All I did was give him a little push. Everything else Jordan has done is all on his own. I've done absolutely nothing for him. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. All right. So we we played the Cowboys. Uh, well, I, I mean, played... even before that, there was a couple of roster moves. Do you yeah, want to take honestly, your? Go ahead, take it because I, I've was I've been super busy and I really honestly don't remember all of them. I know we we signed Roger Douglas, we traded John Reed to Seattle, um, we cut the water polo tight end, which I told you guys that two weeks ago. If you guys were listening, that was going to happen, so that shouldn't be a surprise. Um, what else? Uh, signed Kader Hallman. Hall- oh yeah, that's right. We traded Kader for Kader Hallman, uh, the cornerback from the Packers. Yep. Um, and that's that's really it. But I thought you were going to take more of a, uh, a victory lap on the water polo player. But no, nah, I don't need to. I knew it was coming. <laughs> you, everybody else knew it was coming. There's no reason for us to think that this kid was going to be around. I will put. I will say this. Um, th- I, I think there's a good chance that my favorite tight end might be traded on roster cut down day. Really? Just going to throw it out there. I see that. I I, I see. A, a potential of Jordan Akins being traded um, to some team. I, I don't know why I have that feeling. I had that feeling today when I was driving driving home from picking up my daughter from school. I, you know, with 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 Pharaoh and Brevin and Auclair, um, Auclair being the you know basically the the blocking tight end. Um, I don't know. It's going to be I, for some reason. I just see it. I could be totally wrong. Last year of his contract, um, yeah. So just throwing it out there. May not happen. May may happen. Uh, one little thing about Kahali. This is um, a Patrick Storm. He gets to take credit for this. Um, Kahali was going to make it through this cut, but he actually asked to be cut early. Um, he asked for his release. My guess is he wanted a chance to catch on with another team, a team that he thought would actually give him this a fair Kahale shot. This is Kahali we're talking about? Yeah, this is Kahali. Okay. Um, and then the follow-up on what you said about Aikens, I can see it. I mean, Auclair can come in, and he's he's blocking. Um, so at that point, when you got Brevin Jordan, that's three tight ends. Are they going to take a fourth? Um, I mean, that that's an interesting move. It would make sense. I mean, Brevin Jordan and Aikens are redundant. Like, they both do the exact same thing, and Jordan's younger. However, the one thing I would say is Brevin Jordan really hasn't impressed during the games. However, he has supposedly been impressed during camp. So, 
I mean, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I It just randomly came to me. It, it's not something I heard, not a source, not anything. It's just me kind of, you know, just my thought process. It's it's like, um, like Chris says, like it, it's a very Patriots way contract year, um, you know, get a third or a fourth back from a, a player who has shown production, has ability, um, <clears throat> and, you know, can be a good tight end in this league if targeted. So, um, I, I just, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, I think yeah. it makes, I think it makes the cuts easier. Right. Um, and then they're able to get something else back for the rebuild. So, um, and I mean, Casario was able to get something for Reed for John Reed. Yeah. That, I mean, honestly, I think the Texans coaching staff did John Reed dirty, especially last year. He's a guy that I think needed to play. Like he came out, set the rookie record for the Texans on the amount of tackles against the chiefs. Yep. Um, playing at that star um, slot corner position and didn't play him there again the rest of the season. They tried to play him outside. It's like he – I don't know. That's just one of those things. I don't know what the coaching staff was thinking. This year I can totally see why he would be out of favor because Levy Smith wants bigger corners. Just look at the guys that they're bringing in. Look at – I mean, Burning Hargraves, I can't believe I'm going to say this. He's going to make the team partly because he's got the size. I still don't think he does, but really, um, but I th- I, Otto's right. Like we're seeing exactly the type mm-hmm. of cornerback that Lovey likes in a year where we didn't have a first or a second round pick to grab those types of corners. One, they don't come available in, in free agency very often. Two, you didn't really have the draft capital to be able to add those type of corners. Um, you know, maybe Carolina does. You know, something happens and they make a trade. Hopefully, J.C. Horn is a part of that. He's a smaller corner though, isn't he? J.C. Horn. Yeah. I mean, he's 5'11", right? Which I mean, it's not that's not super tiny for a corner. He's not the biggest guy, but he plays big though. He does. He does. I mean, um, he's he's an absolute beast. He's 6'1", 6'1", 200 pounds even. So, I mean, he's yeah. that's pretty much ideal size for a corner. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. Um all right, before we get into the preseason game, um, that No Way Home trailer, can we talk about it for at least Dude. five minutes? <laughs> can we at least talk about it for five minutes? Oh, my minutes? gosh. Dude. That, where, where, where is this? Uh, how? This they is are just – they're going full comic book. Like, I mean, forget the just, realism. Just go, just go all out, like nuts. And this is like – like that spider verse like bring everybody in this it's gonna be nuts I, I, the fact that they're able to set up 10 years of movies in one movie like that it, i mean it was literally just like a boom quick multiverse introduced we're tying in the spider verse and everything else that happened and the timelines that came from loki to now spider-man we're gonna see the eternals we're going to see Shang-Chi in, 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 in two weeks. No, in nine days. Um, no, next Friday. Yeah. So, yeah, nine days. Um, so, like, it's just crazy that they're able to literally write a storyline that's going to last for the next five years. Like, they pretty much introduced the Sinister Six without actually introducing the Sinister Six. They had Daredevil in, which was my favorite Netflix series that they did that Marvel did 
with you know I, I loved the guy who played Daredevil. Um, it's it's incredible to see like what they're able to do. I mean, it really is mind blowing. It really is. Yeah, I missed Daredevil. Like, oh yeah, he was. I completely the, completely missed it. Yeah, so no, I'm, I, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm just beyond excited. Like it's full blown, just madness. They can do whatever they want story wise now. So just write a good story. Well, it's and crazy. There's like, it's just, it doesn't have to be grounded in anything. Like this is no like straight up out of a, like a comic book, like the things just going everywhere, like dimensions and whatever, just overlapping. Like it's it's gonna be nuts, absolutely nuts. I'm excited. Yeah, and, and then the fact that this sets up Doctor Strange's um, madness of the multiverse or whatever it's called, and that's the next one that comes out in February or March. It's like, geez, like we're literally about to go on this. We're gonna go on another crazy Marvel run, and they're gonna be able to say that they did this. You know, they had movies on lock probably for the next, you know, over the over 20 years, they had the entire movie industry on lockdown. It's yeah. crazy. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, uh, apparently when you lose Iron Man and Captain America, you just go nuts. Just go nuts because that's what they're, they're doing. Yeah, literally. Uh, it is a midnight movie, John B. I agree 100%. I responded to your tweet. Me and my nine-year-old go to every midnight release of every movie, even though it's a school night. It's just a tradition. <laughs> it's what we do, and we're definitely going to do the same thing. So maybe we're in Houston, and you'll be able to catch it with us. Um, all right. So preseason game, full transparency. I didn't get to watch the whole game. Um, I wasn't feeling real well that day. I was kind of tired. I started to rewatch the game today. Um, so I'll be leaning on you pretty heavily, John. Um, my takeaways in a quick – I guess a quick breakdown of what I liked and what I didn't like. Jaleel Johnson's making the team. Um, Charles Amin, he was the guy that I said he was and said he was going to be. Uh, Jacob Martin is going to get a ton of pass rushing snaps and will be a starter on this defense. It's truly awesome to see that competition matters and talent and work ethic are going to shine on this defense and this roster in general. That is what we were lacking, and it's so great to see that a coaching staff is able to take on these players and just see them for what they are and no biasness, no, you weren't drafted by us. No, we didn't trade for you. No, we didn't sign for you. If you can go out and play, you're going to get snaps. Um, yeah. I mean, I, Jacob Martin's a star, like in the making, it feels like, I mean, it really does feel like that. Like, and you got to give props to Jordan. Jordan was the first one to ever, ever bring up anything about Jacob Martin and his potential. He was the first one on the train, and he was the first, and he's, he's going to be right. He's going to be right. But let me ask you this, John. You know what's crazy? Is that it's another trade that B.O.B. actually won, potentially. I know. And it's so I mean, weird to think about. I, I would like to to call one thing out i w i'm not as big as jordan jordan has done everything for jacob martin but i remember bringing up jacob martin as being the interesting part of the clowny trade and you cursing me out because you didn't care you don't want to hear it i don't remember that 
Maybe. I definitely because I'm the one. You. I'm the one that got yelled at, so I definitely remember it. I was just like, "Wait a second, watch Martin. He's interested. He has some juice. He's undersized." You're like a six round pick. I don't care. <laughs> you just didn't want to hear it. Well, you know why though? Yeah, I know why. But I love Clowney. Clowney's uh, my, yeah. one of my favorite Texans of all time. That's just the way it is. I love Clowney too, but like I said. I would just like to say that when we made the trade, I did say watch Jacob Martin. Yeah, not not to the extent not to the extent that the Jordan did. Don't get me wrong, like I'm not not that far, but I just said pay attention to that kid. He's got some juice. Yeah, you do, <sighs> yeah, I do remember that. Um, and for every time I get something wrong, which it happens a lot, I'm always <laughs> going to be able to say um, you didn't want to draft Deshaun Watson, which now, that is which now which now. For the last four years, I've been able to say <laughs> I was right, but uh, well, sexual allegations and everything else, I don't know if I'll be able to say I was right, uh, <laughs> and now you're going to be able to flip it, and if you had my mouth, you, you, if I was the one that said it and we switched roles, I'd be like, well, I didn't want to mention this at the beginning because it wasn't right, but he had a ton of drama in college, and he had sexual allegations and all this stuff, and I just didn't want to put that out there yet, was super excited <laughs> about our team taking a quarterback, and yeah, I, yeah. I'd never, I, I couldn't do that. Even if I, yeah, I couldn't. So yeah. how much of the game did you actually get to watch? Um, I just got done watching the first team offense. I watched two series of Davis Mills, and that's really it. And then I got to catch the last half of the game um, live. Um, so I got to see Lonnie um, and, and things of that nature. I got to see Charles. Um, but that was really about it. I didn't get to see, I didn't get to see much. And I was honestly just like floating in the pool, just like enjoying the water. So I really didn't like pay much attention. So I'm no, fair enough. Full fair enough. Like your, your backyard's awesome. Fair enough. Um, but I was going to just ask you, how are you feeling about the team after watching that game, even though we won or yeah. Um, you know, the first team offense is going to have, you know, they ha- they're going to have some kinks to work out. Luckily, we go against Jacksonville first. Um, and, you know, I think they'll have some time to put it together. Um, you know, I'm not going to be – I won't be surprised if we see a lot of the option runs that came from – that comes from Baltimore with Tyrod. I know Coley says that they're not depending on his legs – but I do think that that's going to be part of the offense. You can't let the offense be dictated by Tyrod Taylor sitting back in the pocket and, and picking apart opposing defenses. Cause that's just not his game. Um, offensive line. Um, you know, I don't know. We haven't really seen the full starting offensive line yet. So, you know, it's still a question mark. I expect them to be better from just a coaching perspective in general, which is enough of a step for me to feel confident that they'll be slightly better early on. And I think they'll get better as the year goes on barring injury um, wide receiving core. I'm extremely confident. in. I think we have a really good receiving really? core. I, I, I like the receiving core when I, when I really, think of, okay. You don't. Yeah. Well, I should let you finish before I put my point in, but no, 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 okay. go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like Brandon Cooks. I like Chris Conley. I know, he, you know, he had a drop pass. Wasn't really the best throw by Tyrod. Um, hit him in the hands, but it was outside. Should have hit him in the chest. 
given that where he was and the route that he ran. Um, I like Nico Collins. Uh, I'm doubting Kiki, but you know, Kiki in a Kiki has shown over time that at the right time, he could be fine. Um, I, I'm ready to get um, our boy back from Anthony Miller back from injury and see kind of what he can do. Um, obviously I'm a big fan of Nico. Um, I don't know if you noticed when you logged into a stream yard today that I had a link generated. Okay, I did. So I, I have a link generated for my Nico Collins interview, which should be happening over the next two weeks or before the season. Um, and uh, more Erickson. I, I just like, I think the, the, the I think Nick, I think Conley and cooks is a great one too. I think the slots got to be worked out. I like Nico as a four. Um, and I think everything else is just really kind of depth that you hope players develop. I, I don't think like they're like a top five wide receiving core, but I think that they're a formidable wide receiving core that can do damage and do enough to keep the offense on the field. Well, it all comes down to Conley, in my opinion. Like, I think that he's like, in some regards, he's kind of like a keystone on, on that receiving core. So with Chris Conley, one of his big knocks is he's always been inconsistent. One game, he looks like he's finally breaking through because he's got all the physical talent in the world. Look at him. Like, he looks like an absolute beast. Um, he runs routes. He's fast. But he has a habit of disappearing. So what I'm hoping is Chris Conley from the first preseason game, the guy that shows up, catches everything within like the zip code of him, catches the, and makes plays. If that happens, like our wide receiver core is okay. If it's not, if it's this Chris Conley, which is more like his career where he had good game, bad game, good game, bad game, then we're in a lot of trouble. He had three targets, no receptions, two bad drops, and I think one really shouldn't have counted as a, as a target because it really wasn't that close. But Brandon Cooks needs someone like Conley in this offense to open it up for him because neither – I mean, Tyrod just doesn't have the arm or the desire to push it down the field to Cooks. And – Let's be real. Davis Mills is not ready. Like he's he he's flashed a little bit. He's definitely the best of the day two quarterbacks. I can almost say that with, with confidence at this point. But Davis Mills is not ready to be a consistent starter in the NFL. And Cooks plus Mills, because Mills has the ability to push the ball down the, the field. That that actually makes the offense look potentially right on. But Mills has other problems other than throwing it. it. All If all he had to do was throw the ball, he'd be fine. But getting his protection set, getting his feet set, we can talk about Mills here in a second. But the reason Tyrod and Cooks may struggle is Tyrod's not going to push the ball down the field. He wouldn't even do that in the preseason. So he's going to have to rely on Conley, and he's going to need Conley to be a significant threat in order for Cooks to actually – you know, to actually produce. And that's what scares me. Because, again, if Connolly has these games where it's just like, what happened to him? Like, our offense is going to grind to a halt. And the reason I asked how you were feeling about this game is even though we won, it was a miserable game to watch. Yeah, None of our quarterbacks could throw the ball. We averaged, if you take away Driscoll's 
running. We averaged like 2.6 yards per carry, which is bad. <laughs> I mean, we all know that's bad, but it's preseason and it's that bad. So it's going to just be an absolute drag of a season. And our defense looks like they're going to be good enough to keep us in every game. So every game is going to be like those just those long, drawn out, just drag of games if Conley's not catching the ball. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's preseason for a reason. Not only, like, we could have went in and dominated and then come, you know, week one, seeing the terrible offense. Like, it's really hard to take away what you'd like to take away from a preseason game. Um, This, I will say, though, yes, play calling was terrible on offense. And to be honest, play calling in – Game one wasn't much better. Um, yeah, but the execution was better. But the execution was better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just, like I said, you really can't take a lot away from preseason. Um, you, what you're looking for in preseason are guys that are able to go out, make plays, have a work ethic and effort, and are kind of relentless, right? High motors, go out and do what they can, and, you know, when you look at like guys like Chris Conley, right? He's making the team, right? He's going to make the team. Um, it, I, I just think it's hard to get up for a preseason game. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, so, I, so I guess how I feel about the rest of like the offense, like tight ends, bar- barely used. Um, yeah. again, like I really hope this isn't an offense where tight ends are not used um, because – I, I don't know if I can go through another season where tight ends are just kind of on, on the field. It's very frustrating to see um, the tight ends not be used. Um, running backs, eh, you know, Mark Ingram had a somewhat of a good day. It was nice to see him on the field. Um, it looked like the offensive line was getting a push in the first two series at least, which is probably the most positive thing to take away was that the offensive line did look to be a little bit physical uh, in the first two or three series with Tyrod. Um other than that, on offense, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's just really hard to kind of gauge what to expect. No, I mean, honestly, yes, the play calling was very vanilla. I mean, it was it was beyond awful. Let's be let's be real. Like the play calling was just awful, vanilla or not off or vanilla or not. That was some awful play calling. I don't care what the I don't care what Spencer Ware was saying about it about watching. Tim Kelly just set up the defense because no play calling was bad. It wasn't Spencer Ware. Oh my <laughs> Spencer god, Spencer Tillman or Spencer Tillman. Sorry, the uh, worst <laughs> running back in NFL history. Just look at the stats. Literally the worst running back in NFL history, and he's a color analyst. It's it's embarrassing. I hate listening to that guy talk football. Yeah, and I mean your quarterback, um, Houston Tech Texans talk nailed it. Your quarterback isn't being done any favors when you run it on first down, then you run it on second down, and it's then third and seven. So I don't know. It just it's one of those where that second outlet behind Cooks, we need to have it. Conley should be it. Nico could potentially be it. I think Nico about halfway through the season could just take off. But until then. Like with the dinking dunk type of passing that Tyrod Taylor is going to do, I'm 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 a little scared. Like I I honestly am just a little scared. Yeah. 
we'll see more this Saturday against the Bucks. I think I we'll mean, see a real offense on Saturday. I think we'll we'll have a better understanding of the offense. Yeah, but we won't see a real defense on the other side. So it should be should be like a, almost like a cupcake for the offense yeah. this Saturday. Yeah, the Bucks I, aren't going to play anybody. Yeah, the Bucks know what type of team they have. They're looking to go back to the Super Bowl. They want to repeat. If they play their starting defense for more than a series, I will be amazed. Now, I understand that Cully says he wants to get what three three quarters out of the starting offense? Is that? Yeah, that's what he said. I mean, which is kind of crazy in most years, but this year with this team and the amount of turnover, I can definitely understand it. And maybe it's going to be like college football. You get a cupcake defense, they get their confidence up, and they can come out. And the Jaguars look horrible, so <laughs> maybe we get two in a row. Yeah, our, our, well, they're saying that the Bucks are going to play their starters for the first half. I didn't see that anywhere. They say it, but I just I can't. There's no way they're going to leave them all out there. Huh. I guess There's Bruce, no way. Bruce today said for the first half they're all playing. I mean, I mean them, Bruce. I, I mean, I I love Bruce Arians. Like I think he is he's a great personality. He's a great coach. Like go read his book. I highly highly recommend it. But I I think he's I think I I don't believe him. I don't believe him. Uh, just like when Kelly said he's going to play, I don't really actually believe that. It makes more sense for the Texans to play their starters for three quarters. I don't know if they actually will. But it makes sense there. It doesn't make sense for, for the Bucks to play their starters the entire first half. Yeah, I mean, I can't see it either. Considering the age of some of their players and things of that nature, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But sure, um, oh. and we'll see. Defensively, defensively, um, like I said, I, I really like the D line. I think that the D-line is the biggest thing. I've been trying to really just get in people's heads that the departure of J.J. Watt is going to be a blessing in disguise. Um, guys are hinting at it in press conferences. It's Hinting it's at be, it? How much more clear can they get? Yeah. Um, it's going to be a team effort. There's guys that can get after the quarterback. Um, Charles is in line to have a great season. Jacob Martin, Malik Collins. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of potential, a lot of, you know, Jonathan Grenard, just lots of, there's lots of room for improvement based on what we've seen the last two years out of a defensive line on the Houston Texans. And, uh, I, I just, I think it's going to be awesome to watch the defensive line flourish. Um, you know, I said, I think in like before our week or preseason week one, I said, there probably won't be a guy with 10 sacks. I don't know. There might be one or there might be a guy. It might be Charles. It might be Jacob. Hell, it might be Malik Collins. But um, I think there's going to be somebody with 10 sacks at least. Um, I wouldn't. I actually was thinking about this and I, I actually go back and agree with your original point. I think we might have multiple guys at like seven or eight sacks um, without anybody actually breaking into 10. But I would take – I'd put money down in Vegas that we'd have more sacks this year. I'm not going to count net last year, but then the year before that easily, even with the players that we had on that defense two years ago. So I think that was J.J.'s last 16-sack season two years ago. Is that correct? Um, yeah. So yeah. whatever whatever season – if that was two years or three years, I don't know. I can't keep up with all because of all the injuries. 
but whatever year that JJ last had a, a decent amount of sack total, like the 16 sack season, I bet you team sacks this year are higher than that season. I would agree. I would agree. And I, I mean, I've got to eat a little bit of crow. Like I was less excited for the defensive staff, but looking at what they're trying to do, I think that the defense is you're, I think you're right. The defense is going to surprise. I, I don't sleep on this defense. Like, again, this isn't saying top 15 or anything like that, but 15 to 20, like a respectable defense. They can win us a couple of games just on defense alone. I think that's going to happen. And I think this defense is going to improve throughout the season because the guys that have already flashed a little bit here in the preseason are young guys. Yeah. Like, these are guys that can still show improvement. And I mean, Lonnie Johnson looks like he belongs at safety. Uh, I would agree. I mean, I've got, there's an article on our website where I defended drafting Lonnie and moving him from corner to safety. I was the only person that defended that because I said that if he fell into safety, essentially he fell at corner and moved to safety, he would still be an above average safety. And I still think that that's going to be true. He's going to be easily an above average safety. Well, I just think of like his play style and then who he's going to be next to. Exactly. And, and, and the compliment, uh, you know, uh, of the, of Justin Reed and, and Lonnie, like the way that they'll be able to play off each other. I think it'll be very interesting. You know, Lonnie mentioned how it's, it's a lot easier for him now to play with everything in front of him. Um, we've been saying that since he was drafted, um, that there's a reason why he played off more as a corner. Um, and, I just, uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Lonnie has the potential to, to really, I don't want to say break out because, it, you know, this was his first real offseason as a safety, training to be a safety, practicing to be a safety. So he's going to have moments. But, um, yeah, well, I, I agree. It's not going to be like last year where he was done dirty. He didn't train to be a safety at all. He thought he was going to be a corner. And then they threw him out to safety, and he it was obvious that he didn't know where, what he needed to do. They essentially threw him out there to put him in a center field role to just say, just use your athleticism. And that admittedly might give a lot of people a bad taste in their mouth about Lonnie Johnson playing safety. But he's going to be much better now that he's had a year to practice actually being a safety. Like no doubt, he's going to be—he's going to surprise some people. He's going to definitely surprise some people. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chris asked, "Can can Lonnie handle the Gronk Kelsey types?" I mean, we've seen him go against Kelsey. We we've actually seen him get match the physicality of Kelsey and rattle him. I think it it was the regular season game against the Chiefs, I believe, where in that third quarter, fourth quarter, Lonnie was matched up on Kelsey. Either that or his second, third quarter, um, and he was he was in Kelsey's face the entire time. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's – to me, I know that wide receivers get a lot of love, but the tight ends like Kelsey uh, and Gronk, those are, to me, are harder guys to cover in this league because a lot of it is physical stature and just athleticism. Um, and, and, like, those – you know, usually a corner has safety help on a wide receiver, you know, but when it comes to a safety locking up a tight end, I, I don't think there's really a safety that can just lock up guys like that. Um, but I do think that Lonnie can mix it up enough to make them uncomfortable. Um, I, if I remember correctly, one of the plays that I remember against Kelsey, Lonnie lined up in press man against Kelsey 
and was knocking him off his route for a solid three to five seconds made Kelsey extremely uncomfortable. And then it was an underneath route. Um, and Mahomes still tried to fit it into Kelsey and there was Lonnie there to, to break it up. So I definitely think that he can, he can do enough to slow him down. Yeah. And I mean, that's really all you need to do. Like the Gronk types, the Kelsey types, those, um, good thing is there's dude, not a lot of those. Yeah. There's just, there's like, Three. It's him and Ertz, right? Like who else? Uh, the um, guy in, uh, in San Francisco. Oh, uh, George Kittle. Yeah, Kittle. And Waller is, I mean, Waller's more like a receiver than a tight end. Yeah. Uh, but there's really, I mean, even if you count count all the guys that are listed as tight end, regardless if they actually play a true tight end position, there's like maybe six at the most. But the guys that can both block, and both re- and and receive um, three. I mean, yeah. so there's just there's not a lot that just are that constant threat. I mean, Mark Andrews, he's he's a good player. He's just he is a good player. He's a great receiving tight end, but he's a horrible blocker. So you're able to attack him in different ways. Johnu Smith, great athlete. Hunter great, Henry, great too. athlete. But both of them haven't had seasons like Kelsey or or Kittle. They, they've been inconsistent throughout their career. They, they haven't put up 1,000-yard receiving seasons. I don't believe either one of them have, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, those they're guys that have potential and guys that you get excited about. Um, but, no, they're not, they're not that same level. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Martin credits his sack as a coverage sack. Yeah, it's crazy what happens when – you have a, a somewhat of a competent secondary that can provide you with enough time to get after the quarterback. Um, that's great. That's what this team has been literally missing for forever. Not that these corners are great. There's a reason why we keep signing and trading and trading away corners is because we don't trust anybody past Roby and Desmond King. But um, I mean, it, it's still, I mean, it, it tells you scheme over players uh, can really make a difference. And you have to hope that this scheme can do enough to provide enough coverage for, you know, the defensive line and outside linebackers to be able to get after them. So Desmond King, how long until he gets an extension? Is he going to make it out of training camp without an extension? I think it'll be mid season, depending on how he plays at cornerback. You know, I think the return stuff's fun and I think a lot of fans like it and it's exciting to see, somebody have that ability but there's no way i I can't see this guy returning kicks for us and punts for us in in during the season there's no way because after him at slot i don't know who you put there that's true but he is so athletic and so electric he is i mean it's i mean he has more return yards than reception yards he's given up in the preseason granted it's just the preseason but still i mean two games that okay maybe it's Maybe it's a half that he's actually played, but I mean, still that's something like he's, he's an absolute athlete. I, he's going to get extended. I don't know when, unless he decided personally that he just wanted the one year prove it dude deal to up his value, which I don't know the entire story there. Cause I mean, we were, we were all pretty happy to get him. Like, even though he was traded last year too. So he's had a little bit of a weird, a little bit of a weird career. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a little early. I, I would hope that, you know, there's going to be conversations about an extension, but we need to be able to see what he can do against these teams. Cause even though 
you know, the defense is looking better. You know, Jacksonville doesn't really have wide receivers. Um, so I don't know if that's really the, the game to talk up the secondary in general. Really, any of them. I think Roby made one really good play um, against Amari Cooper. But outside of that, I didn't see a lot from the secondary this game. And uh, Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much to see. Dallas's quarterbacks, um, other than Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush, like, I, I mean, honestly, I wish we could pry him away. But other than him, the other two backups just look bad. Garrett Gil- Gilbert and um, and uh, Danucci both just look incredibly bad, which I don't know how much of that is our defense. And them being bad or just a combination of the things. The one thing with our defense, though, is that one seam pass just up the middle to their tight end. Like, I think that's going to happen. That's going to two weeks in a row. Yeah, that's going to be a headache all season. That's a yeah. that's a common cover two beater, especially when you don't have a middle linebacker that's really good in coverage. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we kind of knew that though with Lovey's defense so that was yeah. going to be a thing. Granted, I have a question. Just this is a little bit off topic. So, what is with Tex- the Texans and their inability to draft or develop ta- or linebackers that can cover? I, I don't think, to be honest with you, John. Like, if you look around the league, there aren't a lot out there. I mean, there's not. not- there's it, but, it's not there's not a lot of linebackers that can really cover the way that you would like for them to be able to cover. Like there's not outside of Deion Jones and the cornerback in San Francisco. Like it seems like the I, I don't know this for a fact, so somebody would need to check. But I, I bet some money that the one position on defense that probably has the highest amount of turnover in the NFL, I bet you is linebacker. Possibly, but the reason that I ask, and it's a weird stat, that the Texans had the most efficient linebacker at stopping the run and the most of, and the least efficient at stopping the pass. Two different players, two years in a row, though. So Benardrick McKinney, two years ago, was the most efficient running back at stopping the run, least efficient in coverage. Zach Cunningham, last year, most efficient running back at stopping the run. Best run stopper, apparently, in the league. Uh, There's a tweet that I sent out. Least efficient in the past. Like, he was off the chart bad in the past. Whereas Zach Cunningham, when he was drafted, he he had enough athletic ability that we thought that he would be at least serviceable in coverage, not horrid in coverage. So what what do you think's going on there? Do you think that that was a nature of the defense that we used to that the Texans were were bringing out an ability to develop? Like that's just so weird. Two years in a row to do that. Two different players. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, you know a lot of it had to do with Rack's defense. Um, it'll be interesting to see how Zach plays with Kirksey um, in in this Lovey style defense. Kirksey, there there were a couple times on the, you know, uh, on defense where Kirksey was in the vicinity, um, but just was a tad late. 
Um, you have to hope that maybe that that gets cleaned up. He has great vision, um, but he's he's just he's older. He's not fast enough anymore. Um, Zach, Zach's always had the sideline to sideline speed, but his his reaction, like I just don't know if that's something you can coach up because it's it's really not his athletic ability that that is causing the issues. It's just his 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 reactions are always just a little too late for him to be able to actually make a play in, in coverage. Um, so honestly, I don't have the answer. <clears throat> I just know it's really hard to find coverage linebackers. Yeah. I mean, it's as much as anything, it's a, just like a thought exercise, like, like what's going on there. And maybe a small hope here is just changing the defense. Cunningham gets a little bit better in coverage. Maybe. 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 Uh, we want to talk about uh, Davis Mills. I mean, sure, why not? So, would, I mean, he's the <laughs> he's the highest rated rookie quarterback, right? He uh, uh, of the second day, out of all the day, day quarterback. Yeah, all of the day two pick quarterbacks. They um, they they threw up their numbers, and far and away, he's performing the best. It's preseason. Preseason doesn't mean anything, but there is a little bit of something to that. He had the least amount of playing time out of any of the uh, second or college playing time. Like he's played the least amount of games in college versus mm-hmm. the other guys that were taken on day two or later. Um, I don't know what that means. I think that other than the fact that Casario took the best available quarterback is what it looks like. Now things can always change. Like, I mean, even Deshaun Watson, his rookie season, he set the world on fire, but he had he didn't have the most amazing preseason, but he had one that had hope. Um, and then he goes out there and just during the regular season doesn't perform anything like the preseason. So that's just like a more recent example that the preseason's not necessarily reflective of it. But what I did see from him, again, he's got an amazing arm. Like if he has protection, he can set his feet and he can throw. And he's going to get the ball out quick and actually fairly accurate, like a lot more accurate than I thought he was going to be. He has yeah. two huge problems in my mind. He is so concerned about either getting the ball out quickly or it's been coached into him. I'm not sure, but he's not, he doesn't always go through his reads. Yep. He goes ahead and he seems to throw it to whoever his first read is. And the ball is there before the guy's even in his break. So he doesn't even see if they're covered or not. He just, he's got it in his mind. That's where he's going. Uh, two dro- step drops, throwing it there. And I mean, there was a one pass, I, I believe it was to, um, shoot. I believe it was to Chris Conley, where Conley was covered, but the ball was in a position where a play could have been made on it. Even though he was covered. That If we had another receiver in the past, he would have caught that easily. Um, so there is a little bit of that. Like maybe Davis Mills will need the right sort of weapons around him. But the one, the other thing that is very, very deter- concerning is he can't set his protection. And I know he's only been sacked once because that's a little bit of a, that's a little bit of his ability just to get the ball out. Like he's got pretty good mechanics, quick release, he can get the ball out in a hurry, but there was times where he had pressure just because he never had anybody, you know, blocking for him. 
I mean, I I don't think Davis had a, a game changing, you know, game. Um, I think he had, you know, some decent moments. Probably more bad than good this this game compared to the last game. Um, he does seem to be one of those quarterbacks that gets going as the game gets going. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, not a lot to take from it. Um, third round rookie quarterback with you know 11 games starting experience you know it's going to be really hard for anybody to really truly believe that there's potential there no the, the good thing I that see. you'll always be able to say is at least his mechanics like his mechanics tend to he always seems to have his mechanics his footwork looks a lot better than it looked in college and i'll take that as a development right now and just continue to build yeah, and he, I mean, he hasn't been getting happy feet. He definitely has nerves, but the nerves show up in his ability to throw touch passes. However, for everything that I said, I actually think the best thing that he could do is just let him play. Yeah. Like, I know that if you let him play, we're not going to win any games this year. But I think that... You said if he plays, we won't win any games this year? Not any games. Like, I, I don't want to say that, but... We're going to win more games this year with Tyrod Taylor as our quarterback versus Davis Mills as our quarterback for the whole season. If they were both starters from game one all the way through, I think that Tyrod Taylor, we end up with a better record. However, Davis Mills at some point during the season would click and would probably end end stronger. And Davis Mills would potentially have a much higher of a ceiling. Um, games would probably be more fun to watch. However, there's going to... Things with him are there's going to be some just awful games to watch with him, um, but there were with you know Deshaun, I there there definitely was and but I would say with him the biggest thing is he just needs to play we he he's got the physical ability but he needs to play. Do you guys remember that what what season was it was it eighteen where we had uh, not until week seventeen we didn't have a first series touchdown or something like that or was it first series or it was first quarter or it was like this huge drought i forgot what it was you know where um aj mccarron had the only yeah first quarter touchdown of the entire season yeah or the first <laughs> drive touchdown or first drive score it was something like that yep yep i i agree with you on tyrod i think if tyrod starts i think you have a better chance to win i don't think you're winning a super bowl with tyrod taylor as your quarterback but i think I think you could potentially sneak into the playoffs with uh, with with Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. I think, you know, Davis Mills, he's going to need some time. Um, you know, Jair had a great tweet the other day for everybody who was like, well, you want to see what Davis Mills is before you take a quarterback next year. Um, in reality, you know, the, if you have a surefire quarterback in the draft, it really doesn't matter um, what you think you might have at quarterback with Davis Mills it's not going to stop you from taking a quarterback that you believe is the franchise quarterback for the next 10 to 15 years um so I think a lot of people need to get that out of their head I, I don't think it matters now if Mills lights the league on fire and it's Justin Herbert okay well then yeah sure you know then then there's a conversation to be had but outside of that you know let's see what the kid has I, I think he has potential um but we just need to see more, more, more game reps for us to really have an understanding of what that potential truly looks like. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, we're uh, 
we're 12 days away or 12 days. Yeah. 12 days away from, from week one against the Jaguars. We haven't heard anything new about Deshaun Watson. Um, what are your opinions now on Deshaun Watson and what happens week one? I'm beginning. Oh, not beginning. Um, I don't think he's going to play at all this year. You think they just bench him? Yeah, I think that I believe it was Chris Otto when he was on said that he didn't think he was going to play at all this season. Well, he and said he wasn't ever going to play again. Yeah, he did say that. That he definitely did say. And I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Um, I don't think the Texans want him to play. I agree. And I think they're making that fairly clear without Deshaun coming out and just being, you know, apologetic or like, I think Deshaun, I think they probably gave Deshaun enough opportunity to come out and decide or convince them essentially that he wanted to play this year. I still don't think anybody's going to trade for him. I mean, I know there's still time, but just with all the the uncertainty around him, if he's going to play, if he was able to play this year, it would be for the Texans. I think that he would be able to play because the way the justice department just or justice system just moves. But I don't think the Texans want him to play, even if even if he's on the roster. I think they'll just let him. They'll take three quarterbacks and just kind of sit there with him, unless you know multiple quarterbacks get hurt. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think the whole, my whole thought at the beginning was, you know, there's going to be build up and things of that nature. And finally, we're going to come to week one and, you know, during practice, he gets reps and things of that nature. But I think now, I think it's becoming more and more obvious that the plan is to, Deshaun won't be playing. Um, You know, Charles Robinson doubled down today on the Miami Dolphins stuff, um, basically saying that, you know, Miami is going to have to give a full price offer in what Nick wants three firsts, two seconds or two starters. Um, and just with everything going on until the, you know, unless Miami gets a peek into the investigation from Goodell on the NFL prior to the trade, I just can't see a team trading for him. No, because they're not going to take a discount. And I think that that's, Almost where Casario, it's a little bit of playing chicken with how Watson has handled everything, I think, that he's not going to budge, even if that means he ends up getting nothing. What's crazy is, and I don't know enough about this, but I really would like to know more about the contract or detrimental uh, behavior to the contract to where they could potentially avoid it, because I really don't know enough about what it looks like um, and what is needed for the Texans to be able to uh, take back bonuses and, and pay and things of that nature for the contract. Cause that's in effect this season. Um, but I have to think that there's no way the Texans are truly okay with just wasting $37 million this year. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've got a little bit of a feeling that there's enough there that if they don't play him, they're going to be able to get that money back. And so I think that's and why I, they're not playing him is to have that option. Because I think if yeah. they do play him, it's just like at work, right? If you clock in, 
and you work, you're going to get paid no matter what what's going on. I mean, it's labor board, whatever it may be. I would assume this would be a very similar situation in the sense that if the Texans decide to play Deshaun, I think they lose the ability to be able to go back at him for the value of the contract. I think so. I think it's one of those that if they played him, they would have to wait for new information. But at this point, it's like, what sort of new information is out there that that could possibly be any worse? Like, I think it would go to litigation in some sort. And it's one of those where the Texans are like, hey, look at all this. And there's a little bit of a court case and they end up not paying. And that's why they're not playing him because if they play him at that point, if they go to court, Yeah, it's just like I, I you played assume, him, so it must not have been that bad, right? Yeah, I would assume he'll be a healthy and active each week. That's what I'm going to say. I think he'll be a healthy and active, unless something else comes out before week one where he's put on the exempt list. Um, which I, I don't know if there's ever been a situation where something like this has gone on for so long and a decision hasn't been made to put him on the exempt list. So I can't see something like that happened, but you never know. Like I said, two weeks ago, these stories are going to continue to come out. We haven't heard from all of the women. Um, you know, yeah, there's 22 cases and there's two additional women that have filed charges that aren't a part of the civil cases, but there's probably going to be more women that come out, um, over time. Um, and you just have to wonder if maybe, maybe something worse comes out in that, 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 kind of puts him on the exempt list. I don't know, but I can't see the Texans playing him. Yeah, I, I can't either. I just, the way this franchise has sometimes acted when it comes to things like this, I just, I can't not see them playing him anymore. Yeah. I mean, again, he had to come in. In my opinion, I think you nailed it. He had to come in super repentant. Like, he was going to work, do whatever he had to. But obviously, that's not the attitude he came in with. Yeah. So, I mean, he could change his tune, but I, I just can't see it now. Right? We saw it with the, him snapping at with uh, snapping at the media and things of that nature. I mean, he's definitely irritated by everything that's going on. I, I don't see him just, you know, holding a press conference, holding Chili's hand. David on the right, Brian on the left, Quincy on the right next to David. <laughs> and, you know, saying, you know, uh, yeah, some of, I made some bad decisions. Um, I'm not guilty of the things I'm being accused of for. Um, I will be fighting those, but I did make some mistakes and some bad decisions um, with that. And then also with, you know, within the organization that kind of led us to this, this part, um, you know, I'd like to apologize to the city of Houston and, and to Texans fans and to the Houston Texans organization, um, you know, but I'm here, I'm suited up. I, I've been to training camp. Uh, I'd like to move past that until we get to the litigational aspect of it um, and just focus on football and helping win in, in the city of Houston. Um, that's all it would take. It really wouldn't take much yeah. more. I mean, I, that was right off the top of my head. I didn't write that down. So I would imagine he could. He has people around him who could write something even better. Um, I mean, it, and, it's just coming in and essentially doing the Aaron Rodgers thing. Like he could make peace, have the press conference and say, we're going to get through this season, but I don't think that he's going to back down. And honestly, I think right now, if the Texans asked him to play, he would actually play. 
I think the Texans don't want him to play. I think it's yeah, actually they, the other way around. Yeah, either that or they really are just – maybe that is why they tried to, you know, close practices to the media and things of that nature. I mean, practices for the media and after the preseason. So, you know, we won't know much, but maybe, maybe those things change. Maybe he does kind of step in and he is the guy for the season. Maybe they come to a, a back channel, you know, handshake agreement of, all right, you got this going on. We got this going on. Come through and play after this. You know, we'll find a way to trade you, and you deal with all your offseason stuff or your your off field stuff. But I don't know. Part of me just based on like Bob McNair and some of the things that he wasn't a fan of, and Janice still being there. I just don't know if I can see Janice signing off on the fact that yeah, we're going to let this guy play for us and be our brand. I, I just don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I just, I, they were more forgiving when it came to drug cases, but when you did something wrong by, by women, they weren't. And I just, I just can't, can't see them letting them play. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Uh, Bucks Saturday. Um, if you guys are looking to go to the game, I do have two tickets and I also have a uh, parking pass for you. Uh, go on your favorite podcast platform. Um, write us an amazing review. Take a screenshot. Send it to me on Twitter or Instagram, or you can email it to me at james at texansunfiltered.com if you're not on social media. Um, for those that are on social media, make sure you guys follow us at Houston FB Pod. You can follow me at young Ari underscore gold. You can follow John at at John Wade three on Twitter. Make sure you follow the rest of the Texans unfiltered crew, uh, Patrick storm to you and Jair at JRL JRL to you. Um, they'll be back again. I'm assuming this week, who knows, uh, if they will be, they won't be honestly, I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out if this is a consistent thing here this week, but, uh, yeah. What time is the game on Saturday? I think the game is at seven o'clock. 7 o'clock game. Um, I can email you guys the, the winner of the tickets, so keep that in mind. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, with that being said, John, anything else you wanted to talk about, touch on regarding the Houston Texans before we get out of here? No, I think we I think we touched on everything. Yeah, I think so too. All right, uh, we got one more preseason game, and then we get to the uh, – we get to the – the meats and potatoes of the NFL, and that is NFL Week One, Houston Texans versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Trevor Lawrence, the next Peyton Manning against Tyrod Taylor, or Davis Mills, or I guess maybe Deshaun Watson. But uh, I yeah, mean, I would say this without doubt, and I believe this a hundred percent: Deshaun Watson on this team as it's currently constructed, easily makes the playoffs. Easily. He's just not um, He's not going to play. I said Jaguars earlier. I don't know why I said that. I think it's because I was watching the Jaguars and the Saints last night. I, I don't know why I said the Jaguars. Um, <laughs> uh, the Cowboys actually have a really good wide receiving court. Um, they do. Um, yeah, I mean, if Deshaun played, for sure. Like, this team is a they, – they are a, a true playoff contender with Deshaun Watson. Not only that, like there's just there's still so many moves that can be made and, and, and things that can happen to the roster that 
you know, you could really start to solidify certain parts. Um, and, you know, uh, yeah, Deshaun would definitely, uh, would definitely make this team a contender. I just, you know, I don't know if I'd ever root for the guy again. And it has nothing to do with like sexual allegations, not just sexual allegations. Like, sure, those things are creepy and, you know, whatever. I don't know if they're true or false, but really just the way he treated the city for me. At the end of the day, that's really what it boils down to. I, I really don't care. I care. I care about the women and I care about the case. But when it comes to my fandom, the part that pisses me off right now the most until we understand what he actually did to the women, um, the way he just literally turned his back on a city that has supported him after one bad off season, you know, the season before people tend to forget this part, you know, they all say, you know, Deshaun was lied to Deshaun was this Deshaun was that, well, you know what? Also Deshaun did nothing against the chiefs from the second quarter on through the fourth in the playoffs that had that huge comeback with the chiefs. Okay. He did not play a very good game after the first quarter. You know, that meltdown all started there. Uh, so, you know, one season of ineptitude from the franchise is not enough for you to just decide to turn your back on a city who adopted you and literally put you on the biggest pedestal you could ever be on. You'll never be on that. He'll never be on that pedestal again, no matter what he does. With these allegations, that pedestal is completely gone. The only way that pedestal stays there is if he stays in Houston because they are dying to win. They are dying to win. They will forgive and forget Deshaun Watson's situation that's happening legally as long as he dis- de- delivers on bringing a championship to this, this team and this city. But he will never be considered the guy that he is ever again. He will never be loved the way that he was in this city ever again. Never again. I mean, you can take away the last five years of of Deshaun Watson and nobody would care once he's gone. Because it doesn't matter. He did nothing really. And and he he cried. It was like the biggest soap opera. It was like the young and the restless. He literally did every single thing that he could to make it look as if this city was his and he was here for the city. He cried while Amy Paulsick put his family on the zoom and, or, you know, and Dabo and high school coaches. And he cried and told stories and did all the thing. He played it all up perfectly. He played it all up and everybody bought it. And then he instantly, when things got difficult, turned his entire back on the city of Houston. And one thing that's honestly the, uh, go ahead. That's uh, honestly, I I hate to interrupt and cause I'll I'll let you finish your point, but that's honestly like the most shocking thing about this is any other player that's ever been in this situation. Didn't turn their back on the fans in the city. Yeah. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and he did, dude. I mean, he really did. And, I don't know where it came from. I don't think it was just Deshaun woke up one day and wanted to be out of Houston. I really can't buy it. I don't. 
I, I, I can't see it unless it all is the BOB firing. That that's the only thing I always go back to that I can say. When they fired Bill O'Brien, that really triggered Deshaun. Because I th- I do think he had, no matter what we think of Bill O'Brien, I think he had an amazing, amazing relationship with Bill O'Brien. And I think it was off-field and on-field and in energy and outside energy. I think that relationship was really a beautiful relationship for Deshaun. And when they fired Bill O'Brien, that was that was it for him. At that point, he didn't care about anything. I don't know. I don't. But I, I'm assuming David had to play a part in that, right? Maybe it was. Maybe I, it was I think. Jack I think it. Out to mom. Maybe it was. Maybe, maybe her him telling D4's mom what what he's up to. Um, you know. I think that's sure. all part of it. I think that it was all like a perfect storm. Like he got his excuse with whatever was going on with Easterby. He had the agent that is like this is the guy that's going to bring the power to the NFL players. And then Bill O'Brien was that kind of tether here in Houston for Deshaun. And then to have, think that he had a bigger role than he, than he, than he was going to have in hiring the coach and the GM, like all that was just like a perfect storm, I think to kind of, to kind of push this, but regardless, any other player, any other situation like this, the team and the city, they still show something towards them, as mad as they may be towards the franchise. And, yeah, I mean, honestly, you're, you you nailed it. Like, that's that's what bothers me. It bothers yeah. all of us, I think. I want to I talk to Chris real quick. And first, I'm going to tell you this. You're wrong. He signed on September 5th uh, before the season started. It was a week before the season started is when he signed. Um, so you're wrong, beast mode loading. Um, and Chris, I respect you. I respect your opinion. And for somebody who, who does rep the city the way that you do, I I can't understand why you can't see that he did turn his back on the city of Houston. Honestly, I don't care what he wanted. I don't care. That doesn't matter. We, you don't quit a job because you don't get your way. You don't quit your – it's just not the way life works. When things get hard, you don't just turn your back and hope for the easiest path out. That's not how you get a, further in life. You deal with the obstacles that come your way, and you you try to figure them out together, and you work through them and, and try to keep it pushing. If it comes to a point to where the keeping it pushing doesn't work out, that's when you ultimately make a decision to separate ties. But there was no, there was none of that on Deshaun's part. He went through a season where we fired Bill O'Brien after losing four games. He had a, a decent year, but he didn't didn't equate to any freaking wins. And he decided to throw his hands up. It could be because Jack reached out to his mom. It could be because we hired Nick Casario. It could be. It doesn't matter why. Why we hired David Coley. It, it honestly, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. That can't happen. No, it's not about Watson being legendary. <laughs> it's literally not. Because if he wanted to be legendary, he would have took the shit organization that he keeps t- trashing and actually made it a legendary organization because he plays the most important position in all of sports. The one position where you can actually be that changer, that cha- the guy who changes the guard, the one who makes 
the organization look like a capable organization. You don't take a trade to go to Miami, who is already a franchise quarterback or already a franchise team that has winning in, in its DNA and has a legend quarterback in Dan Marino. He'll never be Dan Marino. He will never be considered to be better than Dan Marino if he goes to, to Miami. If he stayed here, he would be known as the best Texan of all time. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, no. Well, I mean, you just take a look at the difference between Michael Jordan and LeBron James. Jordan went to a Bulls team that was completely dysfunctional, never ran. Stuck it through all the way to the end. See, this is, this is, this is it for me. Every Texans fan in Houston was done with the organization after Hopkins and Easterby. I didn't really give a fuck about Hopkins. Uh, Easterby, I bought into it for a little bit. I love Casario. I had no problem with Casario. And if you ask every single fan now how they felt, feel now compared to how they feel, felt about Casario the day he was hired, I guarantee you they're all singing a different tune. But here's the biggest thing that I took away from what you put, and this is the last sentence. Mahomes and Lamar Jackson all got MVPs, and that's what Watson wanted. You're probably right. You're probably right because he doesn't want to be legendary. Mahomes could give a shit about an MVP. Mahomes wants Super Bowl rings. He's truly focused on legendary aspects of of his life. Single awards mean nothing on your legendary status. Resurrecting an entire franchise and putting it on your back during its darkest times and leading them through it and winning is how he would have had the recipe to actually do it. But that was too hard for him. And you know why? Because he's had it easy ever since he stepped on a football field. That's why. 100% why. So that last sentence literally tells me everything I need to know. And, and if the, I, I've never heard him say it, so I don't believe that. But even if that's true, individual MVPs don't make you legendary. Yeah, he, he talked to Cal McNair, but where was he when Cal called to try to talk to him about the Nick Casario hire? When he left Cal, Cal had to go on and do a press conference talking about, I've been trying to call him. <laughs> I, was try, I was trying to run it by him, trying try to get his trying to get his input here, uh, but he didn't answer. Deshaun was never lied to. What happened was the organization found out about the, alleg- the, the first woman in January when all the hiring was happening, and when he decided not to answer his phone, they said, you know what? With everything that's going on with this allegation, we're going to go in another direction, and we're going to do what's best for the organization outside of just what Deshaun Watson wants. We tried to include him. He didn't answer his phone. He was too busy on a boat with Jilly or getting a massage. And here we are today. I I just, I can't, I don't understand... I don't understand how people could really honestly defend Deshaun Watson at this point. I really can't. Whether it's Larry and Stafford or Texans and Aaron or whatever it may be, I honestly cannot understand how people are able to defend Deshaun Watson the way that they do. It's crazy to me, dude. It's, it's truly crazy. It, it's, it's bothersome. Because to me, what that means is that you're a fan of the player more than you are a fan of the team. Oh. No, bro. Go back. Dude, that's already, it's already come it's back. Already, it's, it's already out, bro. It's been out. Peter King wrote it. 
it's it's been a thing. There's plenty of there are plenty of articles stating when they found out about the first woman. It was literally in January. You got to go do your history. Go get the receipts again because you're missing a couple. Nobody's going to accept your return without the rest of the receipts. I'm down, Chris. It'll be a perfect week for you to actually come on to. We can plug the soap brand too. We'll plug the soap brand. I've been meaning to, and I keep forgetting every time I come on. So, um, yeah. But uh, all right. Uh, with that being said, uh, Chris, I appreciate you. I respect you. I know we have different opinions. I want to understand that, and I want you to also understand that I, I respect your opinion. I'm not here to uh, tell you I'm I'm completely right or wrong. These are opinion based conversations, um, but there are some facts that lead to a certain way and. Those facts are that they knew in January, and Deshaun Watson turned his tire back on the city, um, and he got so he got to, he was so he was so guilty, he felt so guilty about it that he turned away the protest. Had nothing to do with COVID. Had nothing to do with COVID. Um, so, all right, uh, John, thank you again, brother. I will definitely see you next week. Um, Make sure you guys go do everything else on that. Time to watch the Texans on Hard Knocks. They're on tonight. Came on at 9. You guys enjoy it. Next week we'll have uh, um, Chris Otto on to talk a little bit more about the the, uh, Deshaun Watts situation. Might have a little bit more clarification too by that that time next week. So I think final cutdowns. What day is that, John? Uh, Monday, right? Uh, Tuesday, isn't it? Is it Tuesday? Tuesday Tuesday or 3? Yeah, so we'll have it on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, how many wins do we get? We're going 17 and 0, baby. 17 and 0. <laughs> uh, I honestly don't know. I don't get it. I have no clue. Too much. I, it, it's changed so so much. This team could win 12 games. Who knows? Two quarterbacks could get hurt, or you just never know. Um, so honestly, I, I don't know. If I had Deshaun, I, I'd, I'd tell you, I'd probably have a better chance of telling you. More so this year than any any year. I have no clue. No clue. And after last year, after all the shit that we can still continue to take because we were positive last year. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it alone. Leave it alone for a season. Come back and readjust I, next year. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if we made the playoffs. Let me say that. I wouldn't be surprised if we did make the playoffs. The division right now is weak. Dude. Yeah. The division's super weak. Okay. The Colts, they have the best roster in the AFC South, but they don't have a quarterback and we don't know what Carson Wentz we're going to get. The Jags, look, I've been saying it's the beginning. I do not believe that Trevor Lawrence is the second coming of Peyton Manning. I think he's overhyped. I think he's a good-looking kid with long hair, and it was an easy marketing ploy that people bought into. Um, and he played with a god team at Clemson. Um, I, I just I don't think Trevor Lawrence is very good. I even said today to a friend, I guarantee I, I can guarantee you he doesn't make he doesn't play on one team on his rookie deal. He won't make it through the oh, Jags wow. on his rookie contract. I don't think you he's know, that good. I have my problems with Trevor Lawrence, but I think the reason that you're right isn't Trevor Lawrence, it's the Jaguars. Exactly. Well, it's a combination, it's, right? Just like anything else. It's it's yeah. him also a lot tied with the organization that is just has been and, and still the Urban Meyer hire. Look, when Trevor Lawrence gets sacked fifty two times in by week nine, all of a sudden 
Urban Meyer is going to have, you know, eczema and have to, uh, you know, <laughs> leave, leave, leave the NFL. Right. And, and, um, and, and then what? It's just going to be a cluster, dude. It's going to be a cluster. He's, he's not the God that people make him out to be either. I don't think he's that talented. I think he is a good quarterback. And I think in the right system with the right coach, he could definitely be a much better quarterback than what we're going to see this year. He might have some plays here and there, but um, that's, that's really about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the division itself is just weak. The Titans really didn't do much. Yeah, they grabbed Julio Jones. Who's going to throw Julio the ball? You're just going to keep running these play actions all day, and you're going to where, – where are you going to feed Julio? You're going to feed him on, on little hooks and underneath well, routes? Like, where are you going to, where are you going to throw it to him? They, they the lost Titans – I mean, the Titans have three players, Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. And their offensive line isn't what it used to be. Their defense is trash. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and then A.J. Brown's already having knee issues. So yeah. – Derrick Henry and Julio Jones, I mean, they can they can make the team competitive. They can make the team probably I mean, they're they have I mean they have as much potential as anybody of winning the AFC South. But honestly, like I I just I can't see them being that much better than us. I mean, if we had Deshaun. Like seriously, Deshaun without all this going on, like no, no doubt. I agree. Like, no doubt. Like this conference is ours for, or this division's ours for the taking. Yep. Without Deshaun, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it'll it, be it, it'll be more competitive for us. We'll play down to the competition. Yeah. Um, but hey, Toby, it, real quick, uh, can you confirm if you're in uh, Spider-Man: No Way From Home or not? I'd, I'd I'd like to know. I'd like to hear it from from your mouth directly. So if you could type, if you could type yes, you are in the new Spider-Man. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I just think this division. Look, the Titans have been above average for two years. I can't. Derrick Henry is going to fall off a cliff at some point. He's going to fall off a cliff. It, it happens to every single running back. They uh, except for Frank Gore. It happens to every other running back but Frank Gore. They fall off, and when they fall off, it's a very, very drastic fall off. And when you look at the style of running that Derrick Henry plays with, there's no yeah. way this guy's going to continue um, to do what he's doing. I, I can't. I wouldn't be surprised if this is the season where we see the fall off. So that's sad, Toby. All right. Uh, 1031. We're here for an hour and 30 minutes. Um, you guys really appreciate, <laughs> really appreciate everybody uh, tuning in. Make sure you guys tell a friend. Okay. We're, we're, we're getting into the season. This is where you spread the love. Okay. This is where you spread the love. Tell your friends about Texans unfiltered podcast and YouTube channel, the website. That's all we ask. Those are all free things. That's all we want is to continue to grow, get those listens up. We'll start to look at ads and things of that nature as, as the season goes on. But, um, we really just tell your buddies just in a simple text, send them the link to the pod. Look, these guys are the best Texans podcast out there and you wouldn't be lying to them. So there's no reason for you to not send it. Uh, With that being said, I am young Ari gold signing off for Texans unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next week.